Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Gold Digging Hustlers. I am your host, Brianna Blackwell. So this episode is a part two to the Black Panther Party episode. So if you haven't listened to part one, you need to go ahead and stop and go back to that episode and listen to it. Um, Also, the main source for this episode is still that documentary that I watched from PBS, which is the Black Panther Um, the Black Panthers, I'm sorry, Vanguard of the Revolution. So last week, we basically discussed the rise and the beginning of the Black Panthers. Um, But basically, this episode, we're going to conclude with the fall of them. Now, many people think of the Black Panthers as a gun-toting militant bunch of Black folks. But no, they were much, much more than that. Their impact was not only something that changed the culture, but it was empowering as well. The Black Panthers created dozens of survival programs, which served as a way to serve the community. Some of the programs that were included were free ambulance, free education, free breakfast for children, free busing to prisons, free clothing, free commissary for the prisoners, free dental, free employment, free food, they even had sickle cell anemia research, well, I will, which I will include a picture of that on our Instagram. Um, police patrols, they had a program called Seniors Against a Fearful Environment, and they had free clinics, actual clinics. So, you know, these programs were in multiple chapters throughout the United States. In the free breakfast program, they provided as many as 20,000 meals each week in 19 communities. Throughout the years, I've seen images of men and women in the Black Panther Party. It seemed as if the women were in the forefront right with the men. But according to the interviewed women in the documentary, misogyny was very much alive in the party. The women fought hard to be sure that they were not bound to the kitchens or in the offices. Unfortunately, no matter how hard they fought for equality within the community, it was not always granted. However, it is important to know that women were also a big part of the party and they also made things happen. On October 28, 1967, founder Huey P. Newton and another man, Gene McKinney, were stopped by Oakland Police Department. Allegedly, Newton killed Officer John Fry and injured another officer. Newton was injured as well and was transported to the nearest hospital. Before even being wheeled to surgery, he was handcuffed to the bed and charged with murder. On February 17, 1968, a rally was held at Oakland Auditorium. It was attended by 5,000 people, including Stokely Carmichael, H. Rapp Brown, Bobby Seale, Eldridge Cleaver, and lawyer Charles Gary, among others. Newton's trial started on July 15, 1968. Outside of the courtroom, 5,000 supporters and 450 Black Panthers formed to show their love and support for the party's founder. On September 8, 1968, at 10 p.m., the jury, which consisted of 11 white people and one Black person, concluded, We, the jury in the the above entitled cause, find the above-named defendant, Huey P. Newton, guilty of a felony, to wit, to voluntary manslaughter not guilty of a felony, to wit, assault with a deadly weapon upon a police officer. And Huey P. Newton is sentenced to up to 15 years. The police, I'm sorry, the Black Panthers were enraged 
at the verdict. Various free Huey rallies and protests were held. In May of 1969, the California court overturned Newton's manslaughter conviction based on Judge Friedman's incomplete instructions given to the jury. It wasn't until August 1970 that he posted the $50,000 bail and was released from prison. Aside from Huey P. Newton's arrest, there was much more conflict within the party. On April 4, 1968, the world lost the great Martin Luther King Jr. One ex-member in the documentary described MLK's death as the end of peace. He was a peacemaker for the culture, so when he was assassinated, what other reason would black people have to be peaceful? Eldridge, Eldridge Cleaver was a 17-year member of the Black Panthers. Now, whereas we talked in the last episode, whereas Huey P. Newton was the visionary of the organization and Bobby Seale was personality, Eldridge Cleaver was the person who made the party credible to the black and white intellectuals. After spending time in prison himself, he became popular for his book, Soul on Ice, which was an intellectual book that appealed to the critics and people all around the world, no matter the race. Like everyone in the world, Cleaver was enraged by the murder of Martin Luther King Jr. and wanted to actually go after police in a way that he had never gone after them before. He asked the elder members of the party to participate, but they declined. However, one of the youngest members, 17-year-old Bobby Hutton, happily agreed to join the cause. One day, the pair, along with other members, were hidden in the basement of the house, hiding out from the police. Police threw tear gas into the dwelling, forcing them no other choice but to come out. Eldridge Cleaver advised everyone to take off all of their clothes and then surrender naked. This was to ensure that the police could visibly see that they were not armed and wasn't much of a threat. Bobby was too ashamed to be fully naked, so he took off his shirt and he decided to keep on his pants. They all walked out with their hands up, but the police immediately gunned down Bobby Hutton anyway. This would be the first member to be murdered by the police. A memorial was held in Bobby's honor and an actor Marlon Brando was there stating that he wanted to help any way that he could. Now, it's also important to note that he gave the eulogy at the funeral. So that's when he said, that you know, he wanted to help and, you know, do anything that he could to help out the Panthers. Eldridge Cleaver was ordered to surrender back to prison, but he ran away to another country. It was during this time that the Black Panther Party opened. The Black Panther Party, through, El through Eldridge Cleaver, opened an international division and formed alliances with international leaders. It was also during this time that FBI's director, J. Edgar Hoover, had his own plans to destroy the Black Panther Party. Hoover described the party as one of the greatest threats to the nation's internal security. He sent letters to various FBI officers to come up with new ideas on how to destroy the party. The Black Panther Party became the target of a secret FBI counterintelligence program called COINTEL Pro. The goal was to prevent the Black Messiah, prevent growth among Black youth, and isolate groups to prevent them from gaining respectability. Members of the party were followed, threatened, and harassed. Ex-member Landon Williams recalled in the documentary that his wife was sent letters about him cheating and being with other women, which was, of course, false. But it's crazy to think about that they affected the group 
the the organization and their families so much. Now, if you've watched the movie with um, Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield called Judas and the Black Messiah, you know that one of the most memorable FBI informants against the Black Panther Party was William O'Neill. After being caught stealing a car, he was approached with a deal of either going after the Black Panthers or going to prison. He chose to help the FBI. He became a member of the Chicago chapter of the Black Panther Party, which was run by Fred Hampton. Now, if you remember in the first episode, I told you that anybody from anywhere could just walk in and become a member of the party. And I said that this would be the, that would be the downfall of this organization is that they had an open door policy. So, like I said, William O'Neill was able to just walk in. Hey, I want to join. I'm down with the cause. And he was just able to become a Black Panther. One night, O'Neill was to provide um, barbiturates to Hampton. So he was instructed to provide those to Hampton so that the police could raid the apartment. And he, he decided to do it. As you see in the movie, he did it. On December 4th, 1969, police raided the apartment that Fred Hampton was in. Mark Clark was immediately shot as he sat in a chair at the entry. Mark Clark was like the security. He was a lookout and he sat at the door mainly. So he was sitting in a chair when they entered and they automatically just shot him. Hampton and his pregnant girlfriend were in bed asleep. The police instructed Deborah Johnson, which was Hampton's girlfriend, to leave the room. The officers killed an unconscious Fred Hampton. He was only 21 years old. A federal grand jury indicted the borough for the murders, but the charges were ultimately dropped. Another notable member of the Black Panthers was Angela Davis. Davis was a supporter of the Soledad brothers, who were prisoners in the Soledad prison. Now, there's no connection to the prison and the brothers, but um, these three men were John W. Cluchet, Fleta Drumgo, and George Lester Jackson. And they had been accused of killing a prison guard after there was a killing of another African-American man by a guard in the prison. It was believed that the prison were using these three men as scapegoats due to, due to the political work within the Soledad prison. During the trial of George Lester Jackson in August 1970, an escape attempt was made by Jonathan Jackson, who was George's brother. Jonathan Jackson, Judge Harold Haley, and two inmates were killed during the shootout. It was believed that Angela Davis helped with the escape attempt. She went on the run and was on the FBI's 10 most wanted list for two months after being captured in New York City. By February 1971, over 200 local committees and 67 foreign committees rallied to free Angela. John Lennon and Yoko Ono created a song called Angela. And on June 4, 1972, Angela Davis was found not guilty. The Black Panther Party officially dissolved in 1982. In 1989, Huey P. Newton was murdered by a member of the Black Gorilla family, Tyrone Robinson. There was a 20-year standing beef between the Black Panther Party and the Black Guerrilla Party. Newton had just left a drug den, and before being shot in the face twice by Tyrone Robinson, Newton said his last words, You can kill my body, and you can take my life, but you can never kill my soul. My soul will live forever. He left behind three children. In 1991, Tyrone Robinson was sentenced to 32 years in prison. 
Co-founder Bobby Seale is still alive and gives lectures around various colleges and organizations about his time in the Black Panther Party. Eldridge Cleaver passed away in 1998. His exact cause of death was reportedly a heart attack, but he also had prostate cancer and diabetes. He left behind two children. His ex-wife, Kathleen Cleaver, was also a huge part of the Black Panther Party. She is still alive and is a law professor at the Emory School of Law. Angela Davis has been the author of various best-selling books and is a current professor at the University of California, Santa Cruz. The Black Panther Party was hugely misunderstood by white counterparts, which is not surprising. It was unheard of for black people to be heard and seen. They did not want us to get up off of our knees, off of the knees that they had kicked us down on. The Black Panther Party came in like a wrecking ball for inequality and unjust treatment, dressed in their leather jackets, black berets, and big attention-grabbing afros. The Black Panthers woke up the culture to the point where everyone realized that we did not have to continue to take the foot that had been on our necks for centuries. It was time for a change, and though we are still in a state of injustice, the contributions of the Black Panthers can never be discounted or disregarded. In the words of the great Sam Cooke, it's been a long time coming, but a change is going to come. So I hope you guys all enjoy these episodes about the Black Panther Party. All of the references used for this episode are in the show notes. I will also include some photos on the Instagram and Twitter pages of the Black Panthers. So be sure to follow us. And the Instagram, you can follow us at Gold Digging Hustlers. That's G-O-A-L-D-I-G-G-I-N-H-U-S-T-L-E-R-S. And the Twitter is just G-D-H-U-S-T-L-E-R-S, GD Hustlers. So thank you guys so much for listening. And I will talk to you next week for part three, well, week three of our black, what is it? (laughs) Sorry, y'all, my brain of our Black History Spotlight series. So yes, I'm so happy. And I will see you guys next week. Bye.